0: If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is John Omquist. Hey, y'all. I serve as pastor here at the Springs in Welcome. As Garrison shared during the announcement, today's a bit of a different Sunday. We're doing our best to maximize this space, we're enjoying it. I don't know if you could tell if you were here for part of the singing, the echo through it all was glorious. I share all that as I am so excited to be with you all today. Again, it's a little different. We're doing a family worship style, so kids are in here. Typically elementary, middle, high school, as well as zero through five. They have their own spaces. We're just getting creative. So thank you all for coming and being a part of it. And really what I'm going to do is I'm going to end up asking some of y'all's help at just the beginning this morning. So if you want to start thinking about it, I'm going to ask you, hey, when you think of heaven... What comes to mind? That's where we're going to start this morning. But before we do that, please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege that we have to gather to remind ourselves of you, of what of right, of what is true, and of what is good. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to work through and echo, to figure that out, to push past. We ask that your spirit in those who know you and love you would help us to focus. We ask that your spirit would move in the hearts of people who don't know you, who wrestle with the idea of you, who have issues with you, that you'd help them to see past it. Where your, you would come and you'd do what only you can do and it's you'd change lives. So guys, as you sit at your seat, if you would, if you have a faith, take the next 10 seconds and pray that God would use this time to strengthen your heart. If you would, please take another 10 seconds, and pray for me. Pray that I would be useful, pray that I would be helpful. Father, it is an honor and we love you. We give you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, since I have, and I know you all can't see, and some folks are still sitting on the ground, there's a couple chairs over here, right? But since I have this group up here, one of the things I want to talk with us a little bit about today, it's heaven. What does that look like? And it's one of those where you go to talk people, because I've been asking folks all week their different thoughts. Hey, when you think of heaven, what? comes to mind so with that some of y'all want to come help share when you think of heaven what comes to mind brave souls okay come on buddy come on come tell us your name caroline come on yeah let's give them a round of applause they're all nervous man they didn't know this was coming anybody else come on georgia here you go we'll stand right here we'll go down the line so here's what i need buddy i need your name favorite superhero if you have one And then, when you think, this is a serious morning, guys, okay? (laughs) When you think of heaven, what do you think of? Name, superhero, heaven. My name's Ben. Um, I guess it's Spider-Man. And when I think of heaven, I think of eternal life and worshiping God. Eternal life, worshiping God. Love it, man. Way to go. My name is Caroline. My favorite superhero is Thor. And when I yeah. think of heaven, I think of um, God's reckless love and like you said, eternal life. Love it. Eternal life, reckless love, worship. Alright, here, take a seat, Caroline. All right. My name is Georgia. Here, let's turn you so everybody can see you. They can't quite you wanna stand up on the stage so folks can see you? Come on up here. Come on. Jan, you wanna come? They're so courageous. Alright. My name is Georgia like wait, your favorite Superhero. Superhero is Superwoman. Understandable. Very understandable. Heaven. And whenever I think of heaven, I think of whenever you go there, there's no, you can't get hurt. Yeah. And there's no tears. I love that. No more pain. Come on, Georgia. Way to go. Uh, My name's June, and my favorite superhero is Wonder Woman, and when I think about heaven, I think. About God's love. That's adorable. Come on, June. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I love that, guys. Hey, tremendous thanks to my friends. Right, I start that with thinking, because even as you go, if you go to ask kids, hey, when it comes to heaven, what do you think about? There's like this pause, because a few things tend to go through people's minds. Like as I reflected on the reality of heaven this week, there's a few things that went through my mind. Like there's this perspective where if I'm really honest, I can tend to think about it like one continual church service, a gathering of God's people where what do you do? You just sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and that's like the first year. And then there's another year and you sing to where in my heart, and I know I'm not in heaven and things change, glorified body, we'll talk about all of that, but I can almost begin to think, heaven kinda sounds a little, and I'm just gonna say this, I'm not saying any of you feel it, the way I can imagine it, what if I get bored? I know, I can't believe the pastor said that. Like that's a really long time. So it's this one constant mix of a concert I Means gathering of God's people. Like the other thing I think that happens when you come and you talk with folks about heaven, they share things like, I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like. Like I can't even begin to fathom. And here's what's true. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because that's an entire other realm where we can't. There's mysteries there that we will learn things, we will see things, it'll be amazing. But what's true is our Bible totally tells us what it'll be like. Not in every way, but it gives us these illustrations, these pictures to where as followers of Jesus Christ, we not only can imagine, we're called to long for it. Like we're called to almost have the sense of when there's a bad day, daydreaming about what a day in heaven will be like. Because here, even as I say that, heaven, it's eternity, forever. You know what still exists in eternity? Time. Time months, days, minutes, to where all of a sudden you begin to see maybe that this life, it's actually much more of an echo, actually points much more to the reality of what could come. And then we all begin to think when it comes to heaven, we know the number one thing we as followers of Christ, like if you're here and you have a faith, we as followers of Christ, we're supposed to say, is I will get to see for the first time in a different way, face, face, To face King Jesus, where we'll no longer walk by faith, we will live by sight. If you've been with us, we've been working our way through the book of Philippians. It's this this amazing letter, and we came across this amazing verse last week, where the writer of it, he essentially says, hey, for me, it's right there in verse 21, you don't have to turn to it. For me to live is Christ. If if I'm going to be in this world, I am going all in on the things of faith. And then he has this other part where he says, but to die, it's gain. Later on in the same chapter, he talks about how to go and to be with Christ. It's far better. Like if if we were honest, when was the last time you had to stop yourself because you had to come back and focus to work or a task at hand or to what was going on with your kids or the dinner table or a conversation because you were lost in a daydream about how amazing heaven might be. Like the reason I wanna spend time talking about this is because last week is I really reflected on that There's this gap in my life of I know that is true. But emotionally, I don't often get lost in that. Like the word longing, I don't know if that's something that you should describe to me when it comes to heaven. And upon realizing that, that was when I knew. Family worship day, what are we talking about? Heaven. Where are we gonna see this? We're actually gonna read two different sections in the book of Revelation. Like if you have a Bible, you can literally turn almost all the way to the right. We're gonna be in the first four verses of chapter 21 and then we're gonna skip and we're gonna jump to the first five verses of chapter 22 because here's what we're gonna see. You can imagine heaven. That you and I, we can begin to foresee, to see what it would be like to consider, to daydream about why, because God's word has told you He's told me what it may be like. He gives us these handholds, and when we cling to them, we get a glimpse of what it'll be. There's four themes, because what we're gonna do is we're just gonna read through it and then quickly just come and pull out four themes, or excuse me, three themes. First thing we're gonna talk about is we're just going to see the place of God. Like, is this a celestial environment where we will bounce on clouds and shoot arrows and play harps Please, God, know, right? Is it literal? Like, will you walk? Will you be able to feel the ground? What's the place? The second thing we're gonna talk about is the people. Will you know your spouse? Like, if you're a believer in Christ, like, will you know your believing children, parents, Will you be able to go to John, who wrote this book of Revelation? Will you be able to go to him and say, hey, man, I want to talk with you. What about you wrote? Like, will you be able to go to people and sit down and have conversations and get to know them and build relationships all the while, never sitting in in any form of insecurity, never again knowing social awkwardness, but being able to come, and because Christ loved you, love others. And the final thing, we'll talk about what one of our friends shared at the beginning. What does it mean that you won't ever be able to be hurt again? Every tear will be gone. Every pain will be taken away as we talk about the presence of God. To set up kind of where we are before we jump into the text, when I talk about heaven today, specifically what I'm going to be talking about biblically, is a place, it is a future event in the eschatology of God, just how God's gonna end and roll up everything called new heavens and new earth. See, Christians, we can come and we can talk about, we can disagree, we can differ over some of the different events that lead to the new heavens and the new earth. But followers of Jesus don't disagree over the reality that there will be a new heavens and and a new earth, where God Almighty will come and he will unite all things unto him, where he will come and reclaim Eden, and he will restore it. Heaven comes down. So today as I talk about, and I use the word heaven, think synonymously, new heavens. Think synonymously, new earth. And guys, why does this matter? Why does it matter? There's a God in heaven who loves you. If you believe in him, he calls you child. If you don't believe in him, he pleads with you to come home. Not to try to work your way there to be a better person or to get your life together or to be this parent or to stop drinking or to stop doing all these different vices. But to realize that not only has it gone to prepare a place for you there, but he came and he lived, and he died for you, and he died for me, he doesn't demand more. He pleads, believe. Because what's true every time you talk about the reality of heaven, what's also true is there is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. In the same way heaven is absolutely real, so is hell. This is not a time of coming and saying, condemnation it's a time of God's heart pleading with you come because my prayer is really through the end of this you will begin to see what scripture says the beauty of heaven is exalted as you see the goodness and the kindness of God and the separation from that that is the pain of eternity without him That's where if you in your heart, you say, I do not want God in this life, he will honor your wishes in the next. So if you're here and you're wrestling with faith or you have a problem with Jesus Christ or or you got baggage from church folks or or your parents were tremendously hypocritical and judgmental and Christians, they just say one thing and they do another and then they come sing or they're just guilt-ridden people, whatever it is, here's what I ask. Why would he, if it's true, if it's true, why would he go through so much to secure a place for you that's so wonderful and we'll talk about that, that's so wonderful even though you do what I have done many times. Deny him, turn from him, say I don't need him, and walk in a way that is any father to a child is displeasing. Even though we do all that, how he loves. So if you have a Bible, turn with me. Revelation 21, we're gonna put it up here if you can see this. Revelation 21, we're gonna read verses one through four and then right after that, and I'll explain a little bit of the context. We're gonna jump straight to chapter 22, one through five. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For for the first heaven and the first earth, they had passed away. The sea, it was no more. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death it shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. It goes on to then describe, it's almost like the text zooms in. It focuses on that city, New Jerusalem. That's where we pick it up in chapter 22, verses one through five. Then the angel, he's getting a tour of all this, right? He's getting a tour. Then the angel showed me the river, the water of life, bright as crystal. It flowed from the throne of God and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruits yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation's you will never again get a news update about a tragedy in El Paso in heaven. There will be a redemption of the nations, and the only reason he hasn't come to make that yet is because he pleads with hearts that rebel against him to come to know him. Healing of the nations. Verse three, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. They'll see his face. His name is gonna be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. So guys, you see so many things through this. To where if anything, the problem with today is that you can't just make this into it's almost like sermon series where we just focus in on the eternity of what is to come. And honestly, we might do that sometime soon. But the parts I wanna share with you about today, the first idea is we talk about how heaven is something you and I, we can't imagine. Heaven is everything we love about this world made perfect. The first way we see that It's the place of God. You see this through this text where all of a sudden you see a new earth coming down, this earth being transformed. You see it described as what? It's a city. There's streets. There's a river that flows through it. There's trees that bear fruit. My sister, she lives in New York City. I love getting to go see her. I get to walk around, there's such this energy to a city, you get to come and you get to see people and you walk past folks, they're like way too busy to say hello, but you walk past folks and they're like speaking different languages, they're totally from other countries, backgrounds, ethnicities, it's just this melting pot of energy, if people on their way with a sense of purpose, I think heaven will be that perfected. I think the same way where you can come and I can walk a sidewalk, I could walk a street, I'll be able to walk if I can walk. Can I travel? You know heaven has a highway? Where can I travel to? Where can I go? You know there's at least horses, so there's a mode of transportation in heaven. It's a literal place. It's not you just floating on a cloud singing a worship song on repeat. Will we worship? Will we sing? Absolutely. But man, you will go. There's, there, there's a river flowing through it. Like I drove past the river just right through here in New Braunfels and I could see straight to the bottom of it yesterday. There'll be clarity in vision. In the same way, I love to take my daughter to the river and play in it and have fun. I bet you'll be able to play in that river. The river that flows straight from the throne room of God it's a place it's everything made perfect there's trees like I can imagine that there will be weeping willows and palm trees and evergreens and then massive red oaks you'll see them all there will be fruit you know that says in Isaiah that God prepares a feast like who's the best cook you know they're not better than God Like he will come and prepare a feast if there's fruit. What else there might be? God in heaven, he loves to get good gifts. You know what my daughter, she loved getting yesterday. We took her and we got her a cupcake. It was like I was the greatest thing that had ever happened. We went some friends to two tarts, it was amazing. A glorified cupcake. Why can't you do that if there's streets? If if Jesus says, I go before you to prepare a place before you, I have a house, it's a mansion with many rooms. Well, if it's in a city, if it's in a street, maybe you live up above. Maybe down below, there's these restaurants where you could stop. You can eat food. You can enjoy each other. You could spend the time. You know, it talks about there's going to be a temple like in the same one in the Old Testament. First God dwelt with people in the Eden, and then He came, He's in the tabernacle, then the temple, then Christ came with us, and now the Holy Spirit resides us within a temple. But there will be a place where in eternity where we will gather. I wonder how big the doors are. Like you gotta let people in. That's a lot of doors. Like, how do you get inside that? And then you come and you go to sing. And if you're like me sometimes when your heart gets here and sings or you sing off tune or the person beside you is really good at singing, I'm typically the one off tune, right? And you're kind of getting after it. My my mind is fighting to focus on God the whole time. I'm never gonna have to do that. Why? Because it's a place, man. I'm gonna look down and I'm gonna see him. And with real gratitude, my heart's just gonna have a, Thank you. I'll totally sing for you, man. I won't have to fight distraction. Place. The other thing this shows us is there's people. Like, that may seem obvious to us, but there's, there's people. The text here in 22, kind of three through five, it gives three specific references where it calls those who believe servants. And then it says, what do servants do? Servants will worship. If your Bible translation, if you have an NIV, they translate the word worship to actually serve. I'd share with you, I think serve is more accurate. This word here, for those who are interested in the original text, it's translated 16 times in the New Testament to be serve. It's translated three to be worship. Like what does it mean to know that there will be other people in heaven and alongside them we will serve this really only connects if you have a boss that you enjoy but man how many of you guys love getting to see some of your classmates how many of you look forward to getting to see the people that you work with your colleagues that you get to enjoy them Imagine a role where you not only got to see people, but you got to work alongside in a place where you had purpose in meeting in everything you did, and it used your gifts. You will know the people. There's this amazing phrase that Jesus uses where he's talking with these folks. It's in Matthew 8, we're not gonna turn there, where he literally gives this reference of in heaven, you'll come, and he says, you'll recline at the table with Abraham Isaac and Jacob you'll know father Abraham you'll be able to recognize him there's this moment if you if you know your bible where like there's this famous story the mount of transfiguration where all of a sudden there's this guy named Peter and he looks up and then all of a sudden he can see Moses he can see Elijah he'd never met them and yet he knew them There's this moment where this rich man, Lazarus, he goes to hell, and from across the chasm of hell into heaven, he can still see Abraham. And then, in eternity, he remembers his family. He tries to send one back to tell them. I'll recognize my wife. In heaven, there won't be many marriages. There's gonna be one. God's people, His church, His bride, united to Christ, one marriage. But I'll know my wife. By God's grace, my daughter Lily, she comes to know Christ on the lily. Do you know you learn in heaven? But in heaven you don't just show up knowing everything. You see this all throughout your Bible. People asking questions of God in heaven. That means you don't just show up in heaven and all of a sudden you know everything. Like imagine, the guy who wrote Philippians, the book we've been working through, Paul. You could go to him and not just ask questions and not just learn, you could ask Jesus. But you could look at him and you could say, thank you, man. I know your life was brutal. That letter was so helpful to me. Thank you, like you helped me, you helped my family. Thank you, and you know what he'll do, man? He'll take all the glory and he'll throw it at the feet of Jesus and then he'll look at him and say, thank you, Christ, you used me. Like I I, I told you earlier, I went to Two Tarts, sat there with friends. I'll know them in eternity. Maybe I meet them in a restaurant. Maybe I spend time in between running some form of glorified, enjoyed sense of service for God, but I want to stop and I want to eat a cupcake or a piece of fruit or swim in the river. We'll know people, we'll have this glorified body where death and decay are no more. But while we'll know people, guys, there will be one person that we will want to know most. That's why I love this passage because it talks about heaven coming down, God dwelling amongst us. That has always been God's intention. That's the way it was in the garden. God came and he took walks amongst them in the tabernacle he came and he followed in the ark of the covenant in the temple his spirit dwelled in the Holy of Holies and then what happened in Christ the incarnation God came down his spirit resides you know what heaven will be the perpetual incarnation of Christ the language here it even says you will see him face to face all the way from your Old Testament to this face to face it's intimacy language Do you know that Jesus, he'll give you a name, a new name, a righteous name, but it's a name that only you and him will know so that in eternity, even there, I'm gonna have some unique form of a special connection that just he knows. You know, the New Testament, all throughout, it talks about people in heaven as brother And sister, and you'll see these folks, different backgrounds, cultures, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every dialect will come and will gather. And man, you'll get to ask them, hey, what was it like to be fearful to gather on a Sunday and you still did it? What was it like in your place knowing the heaven that awaited, knowing the reality to die is gain? What was it like knowing that you walked to the center of town where you knew because of your faith you'd lose your life. You'll meet them. You'll see these people. And there will be this resounding theme. Glory be to Christ. It's because of him I live. then in the reality that I know now. There's no more tears. There's no more pain. No one can hurt me. I had a friend call me yesterday, faithful guy. He's an alcoholic. He's been sober about three to to four months. Every day, right around 520, he sends me a text message checking in, saying, Hey, by God's strength, another 24 hours of sobriety. He called me about that time. He normally doesn't call me, I just get a text message. And he called me and he said, Hey, I'm going to get a haircut. Will you pray for me? Because as I'm going. In the past, they've offered me a beer when I go to get my hair. I've always said no, but today I wanna say yes. Will you pray for me? Absolutely. Checked in with him after. By the grace of God, he was faithful. Here's what's true. I will know him in eternity. He will be brother. He alongside me will be friend of Christ and son of God, yet he'll never have to make that phone call again. The moments of depression that just cripple you, it'll be gone. The fear of thinking, what do other kids think of me? The fear of thinking, what do other moms think of me? The fear of thinking, what does my boss think of me? The insecurity that cripples you, it will be gone. The tendency towards greed, it's gonna be gone. You'll be the most generous, person the tendency to have a faithfulness that's almost adulterous to god it'll be gone here's why that's amazing christians are called to take heed it's it's this constant self-examination for the purpose of holiness you'll never need to do that you'll not only have intimacy with Christ, but because of him, you'll have freedom. And then what do you do? Go for a walk, travel, see a beautiful mountain range, see what God's created. The beautiful lush garden, the kingdom, he describes it as a vineyard in Isaiah. Go for a swim in the river, spend time with the repeated animals that you see throughout the Bible. It's a place. You'll know the people and you'll finally get the real presence of God. Like every bit of you that ever says, man, there's doubt or what if or maybe, every bit of that's gonna be gone as you just look to him with a grateful heart and you say, thank you. And you enjoy it. You laugh, you play. There's this sea animal, right, named Leviathan. In your Bible, in Psalms, it literally says God made Leviathan to frolic or to play. I can't wait to figure out what that looks like in heaven. Guys, heaven is real. It's this place where as your Bible talks about we long for it, that it's gonna be better, it's gonna be gained. it's all true. It's better than what we can imagine, but we can absolutely imagine it. Like the thing that Christ wants from you and from me is yes, a theology of heaven that's biblically informed. But what he wants is if you're here and you believe and you're wrestling with it, or even if you don't, to consider, he loves me that much that he would make that for me. Do you know he promises you that that's part of an inheritance he gives to you? Do you know he promises you that the reason that he waits is because he wants to inherit you. It's a real place. You will know the people and we will finally be in the presence of God. I'm gonna close with this. uh, Two two weeks ago, my wife and I and our daughter Lily, she's about two and a half, we went to Chick-fil-A, just right up there, up the hill, right by this, the H-E-B, kind of that way. We went there, and we went at like a miraculous time because there was really nobody else there. And that entire, if you've ever been in there, they have the, kind of like a playground inside. It's like in a glass cage, basically, to keep your kids in there, right? So Taylor, my wife, she's still finishing breakfast. My daughter, Lily, she goes in to play in this playground. So I go in. They have these like cushions you can sit on, and you just sit there. As you go into this playground, there's this stairwell up to the left, It it, kind of goes up and then it comes out and it connects. There's this slide that comes down or you can walk down and kind of sit in this car. But the slide is really the centerpiece of this whole thing. I'm sitting in there, I'm hanging out and I'm playing with my daughter, Lily, and I'm just watching her kind of walk, crawl up this ladder. And she like gets to the front and then she came down and she sat in this car and yelled, Daddy, Daddy. I like see her in this, but she's coming back. And I start after about five minutes to realize She's not going down the slide. And I start telling her, hey, Lily, there's a slide. Like, we have a slide in our backyard. She'll go to a playground. She's done slides before. Hey, Lily, there's a slide. I, like, stick my head in the slide. You go, hey, Lily, come down. And my daughter turns from the top of this, like, awkward stairwell that only kids can do. And she looks at me, and she says, no, Daddy. Scary. And she can't really say ours, right? And she just says, scary. I go back down to the slide and I like yell up, no you're safe, daddy's going to be right here. You're safe. And she just says, scary. I'm not that small of a guy, right? But there I am in Chick-fil-A trying to crawl through this kid's ladder thing. Right, where literally like you have to like twist and turn and get the whole way up and then you get to the top and the space there is literally just like this. So you're like on hands and knees, and then I'm crawling to Lily as she's setting in the part right before the slide. And I say, Hey Lily, let's do the slide. No, Daddy. Scary. And I sit there and it's awkward because you have to turn around and I get in the slide, and then I reach over and I grab her, and she says, so scary again. And by the grace of God, it was, Daddy is here. You don't have to be scared. You can have fun. I grabbed my daughter, and I went down this like six-foot slide. Right? We went to the bottom. You would have thought I had just given her the world's greatest gift in the world. I sat there, and she looks at me, and she says, again? Yes, but not me this time. So we go, she goes up, and she gets there, and I say, hey, I'll be right here. And she goes down the slide. She goes down the slide. She wore that thing out. I love that moment with my daughter. Here's the truth, though. In a way, for her and for her age, she was in a distant place where because there was the absence of her father, there was still fear and worry and doubt in a way that kept her from a fullness of joy and getting to just play and have fun. I could teach her, I could tell her, no, here's what it'll be like, here's why it's worth it. Here's all the different fun ways to to go down the slide. Come, no, see here, I'm going to catch you, come down. But man, it wasn't until Literally, she saw me not through net, not 10 feet off, face to face as I held her. And we went down that slide, that all of that was gone. I share that because I think heaven's gonna be just like that. I think that there's a God in heaven who loves you who wants to come to a place where you just get him and there's joy and you can enjoy it in his presence, our pleasures forevermore. Do I think there will be slides in heaven? For sure. Why? I love doing that with my daughter. How much more must he love doing that with me? You see guys, that's what your Bible says about heaven. That it's everything that you and I love about this world made perfect. We'll be with him. We'll see him. You see, it's where in that presence we'll never have to be reminded again about fear. We'll never doubt about who am I? Who do you say I am? Am I son? Am I daughter? Am I servant? Am I far off? Am I distant? There will be intimacy and there will be freedom and there will be real love. Let me pray that we grasp that and then we'll sing a song about that. Father, I thank you for the reminder of that, the truth of your word and just how it says that heaven isn't some far-off, distant place that we can't begin to imagine. Yes, there's gonna be mysteries. Yes, we have no idea what it'll be like, but we do have an idea. There'll be places to walk and people to see and hands to shake and hugs to give and loved ones to be reunited with. We thank you for that. We thank you that as we come and we enjoy this life, we can stop and reflect on the glorious moments and say, okay, this is is our little piece of heaven, this moment of laughter as a family as we play a game. This amazing meal where we enjoy common grace, this amazing vacation where we have planned to get to our sense of what paradise could be all the while Jesus says, paradise awaits. Like, Like we get these pictures of it. May we cling to those which you create in my heart, which you create in ours, a heart that literally daydreams, a heart that longs, a heart that cannot wait. We need your help to do that. We love you, Lord. It's in your name.